You're listening to The Bob and Bo Show. Here are your hosts, Ty Bob, Ty Bo, and Sean. It's this guy. What's you laughing at? Is it a, is it a name like Xavier Babder? No, I was just saying nothing could be more insane than Undertaker's 25-2 record at WrestleMania, dog. Nobody's record ever comes even comes close. Not even going like six and zero on Robin Banks. He's he's not six and zero anymore. <laughs> well, <laughs> at one point he was. At one point, Chief Saholic was. Um, His today world the news has come crashing down. Today the news came out that the FBI has finally arrested and taken down Chief Saholic Xavier Babader. Uh, this guy has been on the lamb for six ish months. He was uh, he he went out on bond uh, right before the Super Bowl at the beginning of February, end of January. Um, has been on the lamb since then. Everybody thought he had gone to Mexico. That would have been a really really smart idea. Uh, but he was arrested by uh, deputies in Placer County that covers the area between Tahoe, Lake Tahoe, and um, what is that? Uh, uh, Sacramento Valley. So Northern California. Why he's out running through the redwoods, I'll never know. Uh, it would have been smarter to go to go down south uh, and get yourself into a country that possibly can't extradite to the United States. Uh, but yeah, today Xavier Babador is been arrested, taken down, and the affidavit actually came out. I don't know if you guys saw the affidavit. Uh, they are now getting him on multiple accounts of robbery, so he is a serial bank robber. They are getting him on uh, taking stolen property across state lines. They are getting him for money laundering as well. And they have already linked his cell phone to a minimum of six other bank robberies um, that they will be confirming. But uh, they they have released that information. Uh, They even put out a little map where they've traced his cell phone in uh, places where uh, bank robberies have taken place on the exact same date and time that he was there. You're looking at Nashville, Tennessee, Des Moines, Iowa, Apple Valley slash Savage, Minnesota, Clive, Iowa twice, Omaha, Nebraska, and then obviously Bixby, Oklahoma, where he was finally detained and arrested at least the first time. Uh, the money that they have counted up from there. It comes in, I did that math earlier today, um, a little under $800,000. They are claiming that he has laundered money in a way that where he will go to casinos, hand straight cash to casino to buy the chips, take the chips back to the casino, pull it out. You have taxes that you have to pay from there and then put it into the bank account so that it can be cleaned. They're saying that he has done that with well over $1 million, meaning that there is definitely some other places where some money has had to come from that they are waiting to link him on in that affidavit as well. Man, the only thing that could have made the story better is if he actually wore his uh, wolf mask while robbing his banks (laughs) or a wolf mask while robbing (laughs) the banks. But dude literally just thought it was the Wild West out here. Got away with it for years. He got like, is robbing a bank really this easy? You can be a large, you can have a large social media presence. You can travel to games. You can gamble all this money. And it's not really a big issue because you're just going and pulling out $100,000 left and right from banks. Well, is it, is it, I mean, he's, he's hit with all this stuff. He's going to be going to prison for a while. Is it worth it? (laughs) Eventually it caught up to him. Eventually, it did catch up to him. If it didn't, but there were he could have stopped before Bixby, Oklahoma, and he would have been totally fine. Maybe never would have been. You don't know that. That's true. I don't know. It it seems like he would have never been caught prior to Bixby. They couldn't link it to anyone. 
they wouldn't have been able to get his, uh, they would not have been able to get his information without having a warrant or anything like that because Apple does not give out that information due to security breaches or security protocols. I just, I feel like it would be such a, such a tense life, man. And to just be that ballsy to, to put yourself out there like that, like dude had to have been looking over his shoulder, like all the time. Right. Like the kind of, the kind of guy that really like reacts when he hears police sirens too close. (laughs) He should have went back to his warehouse. It's a, Yeah, his warehouse job. Yeah, that that that's wild. Again, you know, he tweeted that out uh, a couple years ago now, a year, two years ago now, that he uh, he graduated from Kansas State. He had he he was a manager of multiple warehouses a, a, across the Midwest region. Um, I mean, how how does this guy get around robbing banks? Nobody can find out. Nobody knows who he really is. Says that he's graduating from Kansas state, never really graduated from college period. Didn't have a job managing warehouses, but worked at a warehouse for a few months in 2020 stated that he was homeless on the, uh, on the arrest report, but had an apartment or a rental home in Overland park. And the, the whole thing is just odd. I mean, he either thought his life was a movie or intentionally wanted himself to get in, like turned into a documentary. So we're give, we're probably going to give this guy what he wants. Like, there's already people that are probably working on that shit. Well, we do know that he did try to sell his story to the New York Times while he was in jail in Bixby, which. I think that may have gone through. I'm not quite for sure, but we also know friend of the show, Christian Folsom, did an interview because he was the one who broke the news on Chief Saholic originally when everybody thought he was like possibly dead. Uh, he has already done an interview, and uh, we're waiting to hear about that. But they've clearly got a lot more content now that he's been arrested, and uh, we'll have a lot more information coming out on that with the documentary whenever that finally airs. I think uh, I think Tiger King has had its time. I don't know. I don't know if this gets as like it's already it's already gotten you know the national attention on Twitter. I don't know if I don't know if the documentary is going to do as well. Seem to do well, uh, and I would assume that they would put it out shortly after uh, whatever transpires from his uh his day in court plot twist he uh, dies there's... while he's on trial <laughs> i wouldn't put it past him yeah no he, he likes the attention too much he likes the attention too much well i'm not saying he's gonna kill himself but no jeffrey epstein type deal chief saholic knows something he's gonna be put down <laughs> Uh, well, in other news, there's uh, there's some uh, other uh, probably legal ramifications that are definitely going to be coming from this one. Uh, I don't even know this guy's name, but it is the Northwestern head football coach that is in some fire, and he's actually been fired as of today. Um, there has been uh, a lot of stuff going on about this uh, today. I think the news the news broke yes uh, yesterday, being Sunday. Uh, about hazing that has been going on at the Northwestern football program. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald is his name. Um, He's, again, recently been fired, but there's been multiple reports of hazing that has been going on. I won't go into specifics on what those things are because they are pretty disgusting. Uh, But in terms of uh, Pat Fitzgerald stating that he had no idea these things were going on, there's proof and evidence that there are multiple dry erase boards hung up throughout the locker room uh, of the acts that senior level players need to do to freshmen or underclassmen, uh, where it's completely visible to coaches, staff members, uh, of, you know, of the coaching staff, but also staff members of the school, like the AD, if they were ever to walk in, uh, but not including that recruits and parents that would be walking through the locker rooms as well would be able to see what these acts are that are 
being asked of players that are on, that, that are just written around the locker room and then also filmed. <laughs> I guess Sean doesn't have anything to say about it because Sean's I, down with that stuff. I just can't believe this, man. You can't, like, how are you going to be able to go believe in there? It? How are you going to go in there and see all this stuff? For years and do nothing about it. All of a sudden, this <laughs> out of nowhere. Hey, yeah, we haze. Been documented for years, apparently now. But I don't understand it. I played college football, or not at an extremely high level or anything. But like, I, I've been a part of organizations. Never once have I been or seen any part of like a hazing in any way, shape, or form. Like that, hearing that stuff is always wild to me. And. I don't know how somebody also doesn't speak up, especially with the transfer portal that we have today and players being able to leave easier when they see something that they don't want to be a part of. And nobody said anything as they transfer out of this program. I guess they just love their coach for some odd reason. Listen. This dude's. <laughs> Chopping and screwed over here. You... <laughs> Sean's getting listen. Hazed. When when the whole Penn State Joe, what, what's what's the guy's name? Jerry Sandusky. Yep. When that when that whole thing dropped, like I mean, you everybody was also just like, oh, oh my god, like what, like this? I don't know, dude. There's there's certain. Competitive sports and, I don't know, football particularly, and maybe like just like the super ag- aggressive sports, like it, it, breed, it breeds a type of person that, you know, participates in that type of bullshit. I think it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a whole power dynamic thing, man. And I, I'm lucky to, you know, I haven't been on teams that have ever come in, you know, to anything close to what you are hearing of at a Northwestern, but like I've seen some forms of hazing before like this. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't surprise me. This is all I'm saying. Um, I think it's a failure. I mean, obviously it's a failure on Pat Fitzgerald and whatever culture he was trying to lead there and obviously leading his players into whatever this hazing ritual culture whatever that was uh but it also falls on the school and uh the ncaa needs to step up on this um not only for the football program but probably for the school because like i said if that information is out there easily available for anybody who walks into the locker room you're also betting that this information isn't going to come out prior to the season and that you can just kind of get away with it at some point later on um and that that's just uh poor leadership if there's a if there's a school that big as north as northwestern participating in that type of stuff for multiple years it, it's i have a feeling it's probably happening at other locations across the country oh, for sure yeah that that i it's, have no doubt of it's strange honestly but it's like I know I know what people are capable of, and I know what there's some fucking weirdos out there, man. <laughs> we'll talk about another weirdo uh, guy by the name that goes of Bob Huggins. We talked about him a little bit. He got uh, another PY. <laughs> He's had multiple. He resigned from his position at West Virginia University as their head basketball coach. Uh, no, no, nobody has has really said anything, and now, but now he says- he's not. He's not. He didn't. Now, now he's coming I believe out and he's him. saying it. Believe her. Believe him. He didn't. Res- <laughs> he didn't resign. Yeah, Bo- Bobby. Bobby Huggins is now coming out and saying that he never resigned. Not to be the not letter- related to Marty Huggins. Not to be confused with Huggins' family. Don't Shout get it, Marty. Don't get it twisted. The. <laughs> uh, Bob is saying that he didn't sign the uh, resignation form 
they, I, I believe West Virginia did put that out there, and he's saying that that signature is not his. Um, West Virginia uh, would just like to tear him down, man. Yep, uh, yep. He he wants his job back. He has stated so. Um, so you know, after having the DUI and then slaying, uh, saying slurs on air radio, uh, oh, oh man, multiple weeks prior, he is still trying to get his job back. Like they wouldn't just have the rights to be able to fire him, <laughs> but I guess that may be a dispute over money. Uh, if they were going to fire him, they would owe him the severance at least. So who knows? But Bob Huggins, uh, buddy, that that gig is gone. In whatever shape or form that you, you want it, you don't. You don't think there's a chance he gets his job back. There is no <laughs> shot that he gets his job back. There's after the two things that transpired within in within a four week period, saying slurs on radio, and then now a DUI, which is I. I I'm not even. Gonna, it, it's as multiple. The man likes to drink. DUIs. Jesus, don't we all? It was a. You like to drink and drive, Tybo. Point two one I BAC. Just said <laughs> I think he was like four times above the legal limit, Sean. Like two, what'd you say? 2.1? Yeah, 0.21. 0.21. Which is almost, it's almost three times above the legal limit. He yeah. got pulled over in so, Pittsburgh and he kept on telling the cops he was in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, old boy was having I mean, grand time. Is this information corroborated? Me. That comes from the police department, Mike. Right. <laughs> Just saying, Bob Huggins probably is trash, but we don't know. Could be lies. Could be could be all made up. Speaking of delusion, <laughs> Joe Burrow was quoted today when talking uh, about the Kansas City Chiefs. Quote, we'll see them in December, end quote. Um, so the Bengals are already looking at December while the Kansas City Chiefs are looking at February for the Super Bowl. Nah, man, we're looking at off-season workout stuff. <laughs> we're looking at preseason. We're we are looking a, at preseason. We're taking it day by day, one play at a time, one snap at a time. You just get better every play. We play better as a team. Every play, every snap. (laughs) You lift your brother up. Man, I'm so motivated right now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I heard Bob Huggins was a pretty good motivator. Joe Burrow, however, is not. Have you ever heard him try to like hype his team up? He's. Not, I don't. I don't see him as a as a very good like hype man. Like, Mixing him up with Kirk Cousins, Joe Burrow. Yeah. No, Joe, but Joe Burrow's a pretty good. Boy. I know. No, he's not, dude. He's not, he, he, he said hype man. Did you listen to his mic mic'd up appearances? I may. I guess I may he's be just forgetting. I'll have to go back and he's he, he's. He plays into Joe Cool persona too much, I think. Fuck that guy. <laughs> He's not my quarterback. Thankfully. If I we have no rings. I don't, I don't mind listening to raspy ass permit. Because <laughs> he gets hype. Pat Pat can get hype. And I'd follow that. I'd follow that in battle. I'm not following Joe Cool into battle. Fuck you, dude. Well, if we're talking about if we're talking about hype videos. The Netflix documentary that Peyton Manning and Omaha Productions is uh, almost been released, if not coming out now, uh, but I believe it's very it's soon. 12? I believe that's correct. Coming out in two days from the day we're recording this on the tenth. It's like um, every time every time you hear the word Omaha or Omaha Productions or anything uh-huh. that has to do with Peyton Manning, you not just hear that in your head after it's been said. Every time. Every time. I just don't say it every time. No, my. <laughs> well, that it comes out soon. It follows the three quarterbacks, uh, two we just named: so Marcus Mariota, Kirk Cousins, and Patrick Mahomes. Three quarterbacks in three totally different situations in their careers, ages. Marcus Mariota. It, it covers them. 
personally in their homes and at the practice facilities and at the games. Uh, it, you're going to get to see the inside or, uh, of what it looked like when Marcus Mariota got benched and had a child on the same day. Uh, and Kirk Cousins having the best season of his career, but also just not good enough. And Patrick Mahomes, what it looks like, you know, having children, being a, being a dad, being a husband, uh, and being a baller on the field. I you know, football, football's just a job, man. They have they have lives outside of this game. It's what they get. It's what they get paid to do. I'm sure. I'm sure Marcus Mariota was overcome with joy when he got benched and had a kid. Because every man hates their job. If <laughs> they don't, they're lying. I don't hate my job. He's lying. He's lying. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we're going to be watching it for Patrick Mahomes, but I'm kind of excited to see what it's going to look like with Kirk Cousins in there. Uh, Kirk Thuggins, actually. He's on the plane oh, with all those chains. And then you got Marcus Mariota. Don't really care about that one. but Sean, Sean has turned into a Kirk Cousins fan. I just love... Making fun of Kirk Cousins. No, you love Kirk Cousins. No. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pretty interesting because Peyton oh, Manning, who Peyton Manning, who obviously has overseen this production, uh, as he owns the production company that worked with the NFL and Netflix on this, uh, is in was in Italy today as he joined the Pat McAfee show and discussed. <laughs> some of the things that went on. And uh, he did say that they did reach out to multiple other quarterbacks outside of Marcus Mariota, Patrick Mahomes and Kirk cousins, who also turned down the opportunity to come on this show. Um, but, I'd be interested to know who they reached out to. Yeah. Other, other bad quarterbacks. They're just like, no, nah, I don't he want did my not shit name on names. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want my shit on TV, bro. <laughs> I mean, I would assume one of those quarterbacks would be Aaron Rodgers, who was too busy doing mushrooms and ayahuasca and sitting in a dark room. That was after the season, yeah. though. That doesn't it doesn't seem like something Aaron Rodgers would go for. He he does that every offseason though. Now, do you think that they recorded more quarterbacks than this? No. But the way no, some this of was the seasons th- turned out that they're like, oh, we're only gonna use these three. No, no, this was the three. I guarantee you they were like, if that was the case, they would not have continued to film with Marcus Mariota. That would have been scrapped. I'm sure of it. But that would be just so funny, having a whole entire film crew follow the quarterback around the whole entire time. Depending on how the years go, you just take three at the end. One that went to the Super Bowl, one that made the playoffs is mediocre, one that was shit. Then ended up getting benched by the end of the year. The Overhead on that would be so ridiculous. It's the to NFL. Have Thirty. You would have thirty-two different. Well, it's not the. It's they're partnered with the NFL. The NFL is not paying for this. Netflix and Omaha Productions are paying for this. Netflix pays so for everything, have man. <laughs> thirty-two camera crews to follow around thirty-two quarterbacks, and then you're whittling it down to three. It's a lot of wasted overhead. Maybe it was only like six quarterbacks that they did then. I think good. I, I don't think that would be an awful idea, really, to follow around multiple quarterbacks and then take take the best storylines. Because and but we'll also have to wait and see. I mean, that could be the genesis of whatever this becomes. And then again, also you could probably only do so many years of this. The genesis, as, yeah, the beginning, but. The beginning, the the beginning of what this becomes, what it turns into, <laughs> the evolution. I wish you would have. Is that the word you were looking for? No, I no. I wanted to use Genesis. Mm. He wants to talk about Phil Collins, man. <laughs> Invisible touch. Let me get the reference. Genesis. Genesis. <laughs> I don't think he gets it still. No, no I still don't know. I don't get it. 
Not a clue. Uh, I mean, it's pretty niche. N- niche? Niche. niche. You're in here, you know. you're out of here. Talking about a guy who my might mom be out would of know. Here. <laughs> of course she would. My mom, my mom would know too. First. I don't know. Was your mom into Phil Collins? Yes. Oh, okay. You then yeah, your mom would get that reference. Hopefully. We'll find out. I don't. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get a text. Disappointing in her son that he doesn't know the joke, Genesis and Phil Collins. Probably. Talk about a guy who's on the outs. A guy that all of Chief <laughs> has been hyping up, including you guys, for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Uh, you, I mean, you're bringing him up now. This, you're doing this right now. I'm, you're doing it. I'm not hyping him. Though. I'm not hyping him. I'll still hype him. I, I, I wanted to see this guy practice. But according to Michael Obermuller from Heavy.com and some other reports that are also out there, this was the first – one uh, that gained traction talks about the Chiefs. He is predicting that the Chiefs will cut Justin Ross, undrafted free agent out of Clemson, who had multiple injuries, including this past season when he was put on injured reserve prior to the preseason even beginning. Well, everybody's got this man hyped up. I just wanted to see him practice. Where do you guys do like, is this just a bunch of baloney? Where do you guys sit with Justin Ross? Maybe cut. I mean, at what point is he going to be cut at? You know, is he going to be still there for training camp and everything? Cause if so show out then he gets a late training camp cut or something, you know, bring him back on practice squad, something like that. So all it depends on when we are going to actually cut him. Sure. If we do, we, the the wide receiver room is 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 crowded. Fourteen wide receivers. The Chiefs have never kept more than nine. Oh, excuse me, six on the fifty-three man roster. And you know his his unique injury history is probably limiting him here. And the Chiefs, while holding out hope that he could become, um, what he was, or something close to you know, a, a projected first-round performer uh, coming out of college. Um, you know, it's, it's nothing – nothing negative is going to come of it. Like, we didn't we didn't spend any money on him or anything. It was just a, hey, let's see if this works out. And no harm, no foul. This isn't going to – it's not going to set us back. It doesn't really matter. I don't I don't know. I you look at it and like you said, the injuries really limit him. But I think the most important factor is that limits him being able to play special teams, which is what this what Andy Reid loves to run his teams around is guys who can play multiple positions and be across the field, especially if you are not going to be a number one or a number two. If you're not a number one or a number two in the most important positions, you got to play special teams. And it seems that with his injuries, that's probably not the best place to play Justin Ross. If he's not going to be a number one or number two, I would say you cut and put him on the practice squad as soon as that becomes available. But um, I don't think that would be an option uh, preseason cutting and re-signing the practice squad. I think he'd probably get picked up by somebody else very, very quickly prior to, to, to coming back to the Chiefs if that was even an option. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think he gets picked up. You don't if, think another team that the, would pick him up prior to? No, nah, because he's got so, he's cut. got something like it's like neck related, isn't it? Like he's got something pretty serious. Been cleared specific. by doctors enough to be on the Chiefs team. I know, but like if it's not gonna if if they don't feel confident, if it's because the injury stuff, like if he's just not performing, then whatever. But if it's about the injury concern and he just can't can't move right or something like it he probably won't get another chance the uh the injury sustained 
this past season, which kept him on IR before the preseason even started, was not neck related. It seems that the neck and it seems that the neck and back issues seem to be moderately fine. It was, uh, I believe, uh, lower extremity. Was it a mm. foot? I believe so. You're a foot. You're a thumb, actually. You're. That's not. That's a mad just not help necessary. Us us. Calling Sean a thumb. Just not necessary. Uncalled for. What kind of slanderous show is this? <laughs> only you guys can see him now. Go check us out on YouTube if you haven't. Bob and Bo show. With the type or, of stupid face. Or yeah, no. I mean <laughs> stupid face. You got a stupid head with no hair. <laughs> Stares everybody in the face like a giant eyeball. At least I don't have a Peyton Manning forehead, dude. Do I? Is it that big? No, it's this back here. <laughs> and then Tybo is checking himself out for for the audio listeners. Tybo is checking himself out. Is my forehead's not that big? And now he's going to think about that for at least the next week <laughs> until I see him this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, so we're going to Sean's bachelor party this weekend, and well, bachelor trip. We're float tripping, which is we're going to have strippers on the float trip on the rafts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we'll have a blindfold on. But oh, sh- <laughs> um. The rule is we're supposed to uh, shave our face, shave our facial hair into something funny or crazy. And I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to hear what you're going to do, Ty Bob, because like you got to do it. Oh, it's not crazy enough. Your your long beard is boring. You know, we're going to buy clippers and we're going to hold you down. We'll fight all (laughs) 12 of you. At least braid it or something. Yeah, braid it. We'll I settle for to, I would love to braid it. I'll, I'd get it braided. Can, you, can we do it there? I can't, like, I don't have the beads or can't braid it myself. I will gladly let one of you can, dudes braid it. Can your can your wife braid it before you come? Uh, if she is home, uh, but she's working the week to take the weekend off to watch the dogs. Uh, I will find somebody. Nick can do it. I would be, I would be very happy to let somebody braid this thing. I've been trying to get it braided for like two years. We'll find somebody for you. I'm interested in what Tybo's going for. I (laughs) I have an idea. I'm thinking a little question mark. I'm going to (laughs) do actually a little question mark. I just figured out what I was going to do like two days ago. It just like dawned on me. I was like, yes, (laughs) you have no idea. We will have pictures up on the uh, on our Twitter account at Bob and Bo Show, giving out all the crazy facial hairs that will be going on this weekend. Don't want to miss that. Let's we, let's live stream the river boat. <laughs> what? <What's>, um, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, uh, maybe <laughs> For a little bit. Oh. <laughs> Definitely not stripper related. I ain't touching that with a Tim football. <laughs> Weird, awkward transition. But we've got some guys uh, who have been franchise tagged. Two of them have yet to sign as of the 10th. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs. Two running backs, one for the Giants, one for the Raiders. The Raiders have massively screwed this up as they could have taken Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option and would not have to have messed with the franchise tag or offered him a long-term deal. Saquon Barkley, not very happy with the Giants, doesn't want to sign the franchise tag as they have decided to sign quarterback Daniel Dimes instead of him where Saquon is a much more important player to Daniel that Dimes. as uh, Daniel Dimes is a dime a dozen not not Danny Dimes or Daniel Jones but Daniel Daniel Dimes 
Interesting. Also, the way you like to say Saquon. So interesting. Saquon? Saquon. Saquon. I mean, like, what does he say? Saquon. Saquon. Okay. Is that a fine? Can we... We can find you for that. Mark it down, Tabo. We're marking it down. We're going to need a tally before the season. Do you? Starts. Do you, I? I have. I have it recorded on my. You have the dollars and the fifty cents, or are you just doing? The we all haven't dollars? had. We haven't had many. <laughs> they're all dollars. <laughs> uh, I think they're all fifty cents. I don't think we've had a major fight. <laughs> Okay, okay. I'll change that. It's <laughs> tough, man. <laughs> it's tough, man. No, it's not. Dollar fifty cent, which one? Which and Tybalt's over here. Well, I can do it this year. Uh, can't even mark it down right. <laughs> You've been fine the most. <laughs> Our usual. I'm the one who speaks the most. Oh, damn. Shots fired at Sean and his connection. Better now. Well, there's two other guys who won't be fined. And in this included franchise tender tags, two guys that have been tagged and have signed Tony Pollard running back for the Dallas Cowboys, Evan Ingram tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that makes four tags two of which who have yet to sign, two of which have signed, but all four have not had long-term deals yet signed. That deadline is Monday, this upcoming Monday, uh, which is the 17th. If all four or any of the four do not sign a long-term deal before the deadline on Monday, which I believe is probably 4 p.m. Eastern, then they will be required to play, if they play, on that franchise tag uh, and will not get a deal until the end of the season or cannot work on a deal until the end of the season. Interesting. Uh, And that also puts us in place uh, for the next topic is we're still on this D hop train, man. We're kind of waiting. The chiefs are because we're just talking about franchise tags. Chris Jones has one year left on his deal. Now there are two offers on the table, uh, one from the Patriots and uh, another one from elsewhere. I, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Tennessee. The Titans, Tennessee. So Tennessee and uh, New England both have offers on the table for D Hop. Obviously, those aren't going to be either of a choice he that he wants to go to. Play for them, bro. Sorry, not, he wants to go dudes. to a contender, but he also wants to make twenty million dollars a year. So he's going to have to pick and choose. Do you want the money or do you want a ring? Now there are reports out there that he is currently waiting to see what the Kansas City Chiefs will do with Chris Jones and his contract extension and how much money is left on the table. My assumption is that he would not be doing this unless he was receiving some sort of communication from the Kansas City Chiefs, some shape or form, whether that's through his agents or through uh, current Chiefs players. Uh, there there has to be some sort of communication there. Um but I would expect whatever the number is that he would be receiving is not what he's going to be hoping for, regardless of the outcome of Chris Jones's contract situation. He would most likely be signing for, if he were to sign, probably sub 10 sub. That'd be worth it. Your contract. Would that be, that's also, would that be worth it for him? Would he be willing to take to cut what his asking price is in half to go to a contender? Is it that important to him to make twenty million dollars, or is it and a multiple year deal most likely, or is it more important for him to play on a one year deal, cut his cost in half, and maybe win a ring? While he's also going to a contender, if he does do that, just being out there putting up his numbers like he usually does. We'll get him more money in the upcoming years. Like he'll be fine with that. If he plays a full season, that's the other thing is if he plays a full season, he has yet to do that in two seasons, whether that's injury 
or suspension or both, which it has been. He has yet to play a full season in two years, and he continues to get older. The trend is not looking good for Hop. Well, what, last year was the only year that he didn't have 1,000 yards? And he was on pace for that well going into it, too? I think he was on pace for 1,400. And the six games that he played or whatever. Because he can still do the shit. I mean, when he's on the field, sure. Question is, can he be on the field? It's the same question that I've continued to ask. He also, uh, the past two seasons, has not put up 1,000 yards. 2021 and 2022, both with Arizona, he had 572 and then 717. Both years, again, injured and or suspended. Reasonable. He's still doing something out there, at least. His projections are off the charts, though, man. (laughs) If he's playing all those games. More than what we can say for Wimby. What do you mean, Wimby? Dude, hey, dude, I just just saw multiple compilations of uh, weak-ass Wimby today. Weak-ass Wimby. He's... He's a pussy, bro. Monsters, <laughs> dude. Give him three years. He's going to be the best player. Oh, God. He's going to end up like years. Chet Holmgren. Did they say that about LeBron? Injured. Did they say that about LeBron? Did they say give him three years to LeBron? I don't fucking think so, bro. Yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> Wimby's, Wimby's going to get hurt just like Chet and never going to hear of him again. Each one of his limbs are going to snap in half. Like a tree branch. He's going to get bodied so goddamn hard. Yeah, well, uh, that's like your opinion, man. And first game, he already had five <laughs> oh, blocks. Oh, yeah, it's like my opinion, bro. First game, he had five blocks. He only had nine points. Second game, he ended up having, what, 27 and 12? Like, whoa. Give him time. Give him. He has no idea. defense. He can't play any defense, yet he has, like, three-plus blocks a game. Uh, against a bunch of nobodies. These are do it, lottery Do it picks. when the season starts. He will. I guarantee Get, you he's going to have Getting a, absolutely monstered by, who is that, Brandon Miller of, of the Charlotte Hornets? Yeah, Wimby's, like, 145, soaking wet. He got out-jumped. Sean is soaking <laughs> he wet doesn't thinking jump. about weak-ass Wimby. <laughs> Yeah, you caught me, man. <laughs> Did you all see the uh, the altercation <laughs> that uh, Victor went through over the weekend with uh, Britney Spears? Spears? Well, he didn't have the altercation. His bodyguard had the altercation. What? Who in their mm. right minds thinks it's okay to come up and just grab somebody from the back whenever you see a posse around them, like a security guard posse around them? Like When you're famous, you think you can get away with just about anything. I mean, it is Brittany. Bitch. I'm Brittany. Bitch. I was just about to say it. <laughs> yeah, that security guard is uh, is is going to get uh, litigated very hard. Um, no. They already no? came out and said, like, she hit herself in the face with it. Didn't the video show him grabbing her hand and then hitting her in the face with her own hand? What the police have come up with that is saying that she hit herself in the face with that, but the video is him like swiping her arm back. Yes, that definitely happened. But all in all, I don't think he's going to get in trouble from that. I mean, she could press charges herself and then that would get the, uh, the police report doesn't what's, really what's matter. What's the context of, of this of this incident, bro? What? Go ahead, Sean. Where did where did they have this encounter? Uh, Las Vegas Summer League and the nice new new stadium out there, the shiny globe, whatever. Uh, Victor's sphere. walking around the sphere. Yeah, Victor's walking around. Britney Spears sees him, says to come up to him, runs up from behind, starts like grabbing him. Then her his security guard like. Pushes her arm out of the way, hits her in the face with her own hand, and like knocks her sunglasses off. 
Damn, Brittany. It's hilarious because she's grabbing at him and she's like grabbing. But she's like she, below his waist. She had still. a little she had a little uh resurgence with the whole trial over her uh I forget the word, but basically like her own authority. Yep. But she's still not that recognizable. <laughs> like people don't know no. who you are, bitch. Anymore. It's not. It's not 2004. Like we don't know what's going on. Especially a teenage French basketball player. No, no idea. His bodyguard. <laughs> but going off that uh, sphere in Las Vegas, have you guys seen that? The videos and stuff. Dude, that thing is insane looking. That. They did the uh, they did an eyeball on it. So so type of, I don't know if you've seen it. It's just a giant sphere. Shook my head. No, it's it's For just a giant sphere with LEDs basically on the outside of this thing, and so they can just have it look like anything they want it to. They've had it look like mm-hmm. Earth and turning. They've had it look like a basketball. They've done a fireworks show on it. They've made it look like an eyeball opening and closing. Gross, kind of disgusting, but it's a really neat looking thing. It's amazing, and that is actually where they're going to have the new in-season NBA tournament at in Vegas. You guys heard anything about it? Is this confirmed? Confirmed, yeah. yeah. It is confirmed. They've come out with – they have they unveiled the trophy, uh, and I believe the bracket as well. I don't think they've filled the bracket with any teams. I don't know how that's decided. Have they let any of that information out yet? Uh, it's going to be three teams from the East and three teams from the West in the single bracket. And one team from each is going to make it out of those brackets. It's similar to soccer full play, I believe. And then those teams go on, play one and done tournament in Las Vegas. They have the semifinals and finals in Vegas. And then the winning team, each player gets half a mil. Wow. Big paychecks. So how do they how do they get uh how do they decide the Jeez. the teams that play to get into the tournament? Have they is it just preliminary? They haven't really released a whole lot of information on it yet. It's really really early. I think they're gonna go ahead and say mostly all teams are gonna make it. Or they're gonna decide early on in the season how that's gonna work, but I'm not entirely sure on Wait, that, but I th- I think we- most teams are gonna make it. We're saying mid-season tournament. Do we know, have a rough idea of when this is taking place? Is this taking place uh, prior or post um, uh, All-Star break? Prior. Uh, Prior. I believe the date right now is December 9th. Early on in the season. Yeah, It's going to be weird how they decide. I I, I would assume they'd probably use like the best teams from the previous season uh, or try to decide – or predict who will be the best teams of this season and then just kind of throw them in. But that's uh, you're throwing a lot of extra games on some guys' legs. That uh, could be a problem. It could be, but I feel like they got to have, like, if you win the tournament, you get some days off, you get some extra time off, because it's not a series, like playoffs and everything. It's just regular season games up until you're in Vegas, the championship. And it's still one game for that, so... With this, could we see potentially a growth in this midseason tournament as well as a decrease in the amount of games that the NBA does play so that we can get the most out of players as they try to transition away from, as we're seeing it, transition away from the the load management BS that's been going on? I can definitely see that. Uh, They were definitely going to probably focus up a lot more for the tournament. And... My only thought process right here is most of the star players are going to sit out right after the tournament for extended period of time, week to two weeks, maybe. So they got to really figure something out to get them out and playing because that is a shame that they're gone for that long. And it would be, I feel like it'd be kind of stupid to go ahead and take it like a week or two break off right after an in-season tournament for basketball. Right. Unless you have all the other teams compete that weren't there, and then those guys get two weeks off. But again, that's still that that messes up the schedule. And then you're again talking about injuries if you're already playing an 82 game season and adding additional on there plus you know postseason games that go on. That's it's just a lot. Adam Silver's pretty progressive, but don't 
don't expect too much changes too fast. Like they're they're gonna have to prove that this in season tournament, you know, works. It like works. it has it has its place. Got to bring in viewers. If the, if the yeah, if the fans don't, the fans don't vibe with it, and it doesn't do much for you. Talking about a tournament style, I believe we've 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 done so many drafts, and we have not been able to properly bring you a Tybo's top five in quite some time. This week, his top five list returns just for you. So, in honor of the home run derby that is currently happening as we uh, film, there's some there's some historical stuff going down. I don't know. If you guys know Julio Rodriguez, uh, but two-time home run derby winner, um, the only player in it uh, MLB history with three rounds of thirty or more home runs, only person. I think he's the only person uh, with multiple. But Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners, the the man who is in the home run derby right now. I don't know what goddamn team he plays for. The man who just had forty-one home runs in the first round. Yes. Wow. Smacking him. So he's got he's got a pretty good swing, I would say. Um, but I watched baseball a long time ago. I don't really watch it anymore. Uh, so I'm giving you my top five swings from a little bit back in the day. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, the, I have – well, I'll, I'll, I'll just get into it because uh, I was about to give away something for my number two swing on this list um, but he's got something in common with Julio uh, but on my number five top five swing number five Barry Bonds alright I know towards the end of his career or most of his career that swing was fueled by the roids okay I get it but how effortless it looked that little pop the I mean I think his bat was corked a few times too but <laughs> <laughs> Barry Bonds hitting a home run was was pretty that was good TV bro that was uh it's fun to watch number four not much of a home run hitter not a very significant uh baseball player in in history but uh good old Gary Sheffield you guys remember? You guys remember his pre-pitch uh, stance? He'd be swinging his bat back and forth. I would always, in practice, and you know, just messing around if I was playing baseball or, or wiffle ball or you know whatever. Yeah, you know, I'd I'd go for the Gary Sheffield. That's just funny. Number three. A lot of people, if you think Boston Red Sox, Boston Red Sox, Boston, we think the Red Sox. Uh, you think of Big Poppy when you talk about uh, iconic swings, but my favorite was Manny Ramirez. I love me a good righty swing that was nice and loose. You know, he's constantly finishing with the bat out wide. Like Manny, Manny Ramirez was where it was at uh, for me because I always I, I liked. He was a part. He was a big part of the team uh, that came back against the Yankees. Uh, and I like teams that can beat the Yankees, and that team beat the Yankees a lot. So, fuck the Yankees. Number uh, number two, uh, three time home run derby winner Ken Griffey Jr. Julio Rodriguez might be able to catch him today. Is what I was going to say earlier uh, as a segue, but I was going to give away. Ken Griffey had the sweetest the sweetest swing. Like it showed in the home run derby, dog. Like he knew he knew what he was doing with that thing. Number one, can I get any guesses on my number one? Jeff I don't Bagwell. I don't think anybody's say what? Jeff Bagwell. Jeff Bagwell, I don't I don't even know who that is. No. Carlos Beltron. Nope. Not a oh, not uh, a royal. Not a royal. Larry Walker. Don't don't know who Larry Walker is. Captain. Derek Jeter. 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 No. Uh, lefty. 
not a home run hitter, Ichiro. Ooh. That's a, yep. The way he could the way he could pinpoint where he wanted that ball to go, like he had control over that shit. That slap hit? And the slap exactly. The slap hit too. I mean, Ichiro knew how to get on base, dog. It's a lot of mariners the goat, up there. The goat of uh, I guess hey. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> <sighs> The, the GOAT of Japanese baseball players besides, I guess, now Shohei Otani. Probably Shohei probably greatest baseball player to ever live. Time will tell. Uh, that, hey, that Brandon uh, Brandon Belt guy or whatever, the, the pitcher, or no, he's a, he's a hitter that didn't get into all – Shohei's beating him in all-star voting or something. Hates hates it. <laughs> has it has just, a very has a very nasty interview about the yeah, Shohei and and the MLB All Star voting. Sean, what what do you mean? Time will tell. Name me another player, and I don't like baseball, but name me another player who's doing what Shohei is doing. He is playing quarterback and linebacker at the same time. The only other one is Babe Ruth. But I'm just saying he didn't do it as efficiently. He didn't do it as efficiently. No, definitely not. As Shohei, he definitely has the capability of it. But it's the same situation with all other sports. You got to give him time because if he only does this for two years, his career. Years has he been in the league already? He's this only two or three. And he's He's been there for a full contract already. Baseball contracts are weird, though. They're ginormous. He's they're get... not. They're not winning though. Like they're, yeah. they're they're one game below five hundred right now. Like that's I mean, the whole thing. I... Like he's not a he's not a winner. Uh, we're, so we're putting teams on individual accomplishments. Like he can't be a winner when the rest of his team absolutely sucks. He's got Mike Trout on his team, dog. Two guys, two guys. That's it. Two of the best that's players all of all time. Like I'm just saying, that's all, Angels, you don't need it. You don't need Angels any other pitchers. You don't so need anybody else two. swinging they the bat. They are insignificant. In I mean, they're they're great players. They're great players, but they're overall like insignificant to baseball's history. I feel like. Also, Shohei's been in the league. I believe this is year five or six. He yeah. came over here in eighteen. He's been doing it for six years. He he did not come over here at eighteen. He's twenty nine right now. No, at, in twenty eighteen. Oh, okay. idiot! Lee, Sean. Time will tell with you, bud. Okay. First of all, twenty twenty one is the first year he had over twenty two home runs. He got forty six that year. It's a lot. Yeah, but he. First year, 22. Second year, 18. Third year, 7. Like Currently got 159. With a 272 batting average. Over his career. With 573 strikeouts and an ERA of 3.04. Okay, so you're saying we may be seeing the greatest baseball player of all time right now. Where do you rank him as the greatest sports athlete right now? Do you think he's the most important? Or what? I would say nobody in baseball is the most important. Let me just let me just break that to you. I don't care how much money they're making. Like they're I, not culturally influential. They're, they have like a if niche you're crowd. if you're going if they're you're going not, strictly on the athlete, not what they bring to their sport in terms of what you're talking about, Tybo, is just because baseball is not cannot market themselves. Joe is doing what he can to market the MLB, but the MLB has clearly shown an incompetence when it comes to television and and literally everything else because they're blacking out their own teams in their own home cities. You cannot live in Kansas City and watch the Royals without having a subscription to balance. You can't get them on any TV whatsoever. So that's the MLB. That's not a player thing. If we're gonna we're gonna sit here and say how important is Shohei, you easily put him in the top five, probably in the top three. Playing 
two positions. That's like saying Tom Brady, you go out there and play quarterback and play middle linebacker at the same time. It's not as physically demanding. (laughs) But that's that's the comparison that you can make. Apples to oranges. That would be that would be the equivalent of in the NFL is that Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes would also have to go play safety or linebacker. I'm telling you that doing that in football is way more physically demanding and is incomparable to being DH and a pitcher. <laughs> how many how many Tommy John surgeries have we seen in the NFL compared to the MLB? I, oh. I, Enough, I, but you can, pitch and, you can pitch it. You can pitch in baseball without fucking your elbow up. <laughs> On occasion, I would say more people have than have not. Yeah. So you can also get burnout really quickly doing it the way that Shohei's doing it. Look back at uh, uh, the 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 pitcher for the Giants back in the day, uh, Lincecum, Tim Lincecum. He had, what, three or four seasons where he averaged over 100, I think it was three seasons, uh, and two of those seasons he won the Cy Young, and he pitched uh, over 100 pitches every time he stepped to the mound. And then he was done in four years. He had three, four great years, and then he was done. Hey, he could rake, too. He could. He could. But that's the life of the pitcher. We're sitting here saying it's not. No, no, no. Tim Linscombe. Madison Bumgarner did not average over 100, did not average 100 pitches every single time that he went to the mat. That was a Tim Linscombe thing. They ran him through all the trenches. And so we're sitting here saying, yes, they're different kinds of physically demanding but to be able to do that like Shohei is and then also be able to go out there and rake and hit homers left and right, that's, that is unheard of. There's a, there's a reason why we haven't seen a guy do it since Babe Ruth, and he's doing it better than Babe Ruth. And we're considering Babe Ruth to be the best baseball player of all time. I'm Shohei, not. <laughs> most people do. Most, most people, people do. They don't know baseball, but... <laughs> Listen, he can't be doing all that and still be on a fourth place in the AL West team. Like it's it it's just gotta get out of there. It's a waste. And they're expecting. I think he's expecting to uh, to be out of Los Angeles by the end of the uh, before next season. Him and Mike Trout just need to. They need to go to a better team together. That would be so. That would be so great. That'd be good. Yeah, that's gonna be tough because Shohei's gonna get eight hundred million dollars for his next contract. Yeah, at least at least. It's we could see the first ever billion dollar contract for an athlete, which means he's probably going to the fucking Yankees. Uh, Actually, I don't think the Yankees are on the table. Um, currently the gigantic rumors going around are Shohei to the Mets. <laughs> That's going to be a shit show. <laughs> yeah, won't be good. But nobody else, it doesn't seem like anybody else can really afford that 800 plus million dollars that he's, his, his market value is. The Yankees are always going to be in the mix for that. How is that determined, bro? That's so fucking... Baseball contracts piss me off, dude. Well, they're also going to set it for like 30 years. Yeah. So it's going to be a billion dollars and they're going to pay it over 30 years. Of just knocking contracts out of the park, man. Their front office just really knows (laughs) what they've been doing. You know, They're under new ownership. (laughs) Just recently, it was Bobby Vanilla Day, guys. (laughs) Listen, that's the most amount of baseball talk you're going to get out of us. It's not coming back. Baseball's dead. We're finishing it right here and right now. Put a stick. They could give a little segment about how the I don't want the it. Royals were just a, a transition to greatness team for a while. People, big <laughs> big name players came to play for the Royals, it's and true. then they like had much better success on other teams. Everywhere else, so they got more money on other teams. Well, I'm just they. Well, yeah. They, yeah, we're like a farm team for all the good teams out there. <laughs> uh, 
listen, check us out on our Twitter at Bob and Bo show. There's an in, not an and make sure to check that out. Participate in the, the polls. Uh, yep. Participate in the There'll polls. Another poll coming out pretty soon. Look out for all the antics that are going on this weekend at uh, Sean's bachelor party. Not all of it will be documented, but some of it will be documented with the funny hair that's going on. And to make sure to check nudity back. included. <laughs> Talking about strippers. Check us back out next week. <laughs> and as always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Love you guys. <laughs>